By understanding hath he established the heavens. By his knowledge the depths are broken up, and the clouds drop down the dew. My son, let not them depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So shall they be life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. Then shalt thou walk in thy way safely, and thy foot shall not stumble. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. For the Lord shall be thy confidence, and shall keep thy foot from being taken. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you again for the opportunity to be in your house, to freely study your word. Lord, I pray that you'll give us understanding this evening as we opened up the word of life. And Lord, I pray that even this evening you'll pour out your spirit upon us. Give us understanding of what it means and what you had put upon Solomon's heart to convey to his son and to preserve throughout history for the application of our lives even today. Lord, I pray that you'll be with Brother Evan next door, Lord, as he's delivering the gospel to many kids from this community. Lord, we pray that even today that souls will be saved. All If there be anybody in, in any of your local churches, Lord, that today will be the day that they see an end of their self and see their need of you. We give thanks to you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. We have again returned to Proverbs chapter 3, and this week we're getting even further insight into the preciousness of wisdom. Last week we seen how Solomon encouraged his son to not despise correction, how he encouraged his son to understand that correction from above is an expression of God's love towards us. He ended verses 14 through 18 really saying that wisdom is more precious than anything in this world. It's more precious than rubies. It's more precious than gold. Its value is far beyond silver. He, lay, he ends verse number 18 saying that anyone who lays a hold of wisdom from the Lord, Scripture says, happy is everyone that retaineth her. But this evening we pick back up in, in verse number 19 as Solomon continues to explain the preciousness of wisdom and the value that wisdom brings to our lives. Really, you could say that this is a continuation of verse number 11. It's like every verse, you could really apply the repetitiveness that we see here, not only in verse number 11, but also in verse number 21. My son, the Lord by wisdom, verse number 19, hath founded the earth. 
And by understanding hath he established the heavens. By his knowledge the depths are broken up, and the clouds drop down the dew. First, as Solomon begins to again dive into the preciousness of wisdom, he points out the example of wisdom. When I was growing up, I loved to play basketball. We had a basketball team here at the school. I loved especially when we played tournaments. I even enjoyed the banter about who played like who. Unfortunately, I was so terrible, there was no basketball player that played like me. But even more, there was, in this time when we was playing basketball, Sprite had come out with a commercial. And the commercial started out like this. First, you seen Kobe Bryant running down the court. And then you would see Kobe take a three-point shot. Or then you would see Kobe dunk the ball. And then a few seconds later in the commercial, you would see Kobe Bryant drink, opening up a Sprite. And then everybody in the crowd would be like, Kobe Bryant drinks Sprite, Kobe Bryant drinks Sprite. And next thing you know, everybody in the crowd would be drinking Sprite. They would use Kobe as the poster child for the one who drinks Sprite. In the very same kind of a sense, Solomon is speaking to his son, and he's trying to explain the value of wisdom. But we've seen this continually unfold since chapter 1. Solomon is trying to find new words, new ways, and a new thought process for his son to really understand the value of wisdom. So here in verse number 19, Solomon changes up. Instead of explaining in one sense the, another value of wisdom, he gives his son the example of who uses wisdom. The Lord, by wisdom, hath sounded the earth by understanding, he established the heavens. It's like Solomon is telling his son, son, have, have I ever told you? I mean, it's like he takes him back to Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 1. Son, have I ever told you that God used wisdom when he created the world? It is at the onset of this verse, he, he is trying to explain to his son, everything that you see before you, God used wisdom to establish it. He used wisdom when he created the earth. He used wisdom when he established the boundaries of the seas. He used wisdom when he created plant life. He used wisdom when he established the heavens and the sun and the, and the moon and the stars. He, he used wisdom. Here he's trying to let his son know that wisdom, this same wisdom is being offered to him. The same wisdom that God used in creation, but also understand what the text says. In verse number 19, he says that God used wisdom when he created the earth, but he also wants his son to understand that when God created the heavens and the earth, God did not whip out a how-to manual about how to create the heavens and the earth. So he says in verse number 20, by his knowledge, 
the depths are broken up and the clouds drop down the dew. Not only does Solomon tell his son, he said, son, let me explain to you the example that we have before us who uses wisdom. But now even more, let me explain to you, God didn't gain this wisdom from a how-to manual. He exemplified it out of himself. It was his own inherent wisdom that he used to create the heavens and the earth. He did not look to another. Remember what we said last week when we was talking about this word wisdom. When you look in the book of Kings, it was this word wisdom that was used to explain the skill set of the people who were building the temple. It was the skill set of these people who were used to build the tabernacle in their own trades. Yet, what Solomon is saying to his son, it was God's wisdom. It was in him to create all that you have before us. But understand even more than that, it was God that used his own wisdom to create the world. And yet the relationship, there's a relationship that's kind of put forth for us to understand. Verse 18, happy is everyone who lays hold of her. Happy is everyone that gets wisdom from above. We also see that wisdom is not purchased. Wisdom is not reasoned in the mind of man, but yet we have access to wisdom. Now we understand that the reason that we have access to wisdom today is through Christ and through Christ alone. Now, maybe I could explain it to you like this in, in basically earthly terminologies about how we've gained access to wisdom. The, Brother Evan interviewed for a job a couple weeks ago, and in interviewing for this job, they sent him a benefit package. And as me and him discussed the benefit package back and forth, they told him, this is what you will receive. You're going to receive this health insurance plan. You're going to receive this 401k package. You're going to receive this pension. But the only way that you will receive these benefits if you are an employee at this company. The only way that you can receive wisdom in this world if you are found in Christ. It is a benefit of being in him. It is a benefit of seeking our heavenly father through him. Only if you're seeking Christ, only if you're in Christ, will you have access to wisdom. Notice also what he says here. The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth by understanding hath he established the heavens. Solomon is telling his son not only the example of who used wisdom, not only that when the Lord used wisdom in the creation of heaven and earth, he exemplified his own wisdom, but you can really see here the environment that was created by wisdom. Verses 19 and verse number 20, Solomon has set out to explain that when the Lord used wisdom, order was produced. When the Lord used wisdom, it wasn't just chaos upon the earth. It wasn't just chaos in the heaven. It was wisdom from above. Here, Solomon tells his son that wisdom gives you the ability to see order. 
His wisdom founded the earth. His wisdom established the heavens. His wisdom broke up the depths. Wisdom was used on every step. I think that, I think really Solomon is trying to tell his son, my son, wisdom is something that should be employed on every aspect of your life. And when wisdom is used correctly in our lives, we will not find our lives in chaos. When we use wisdom correctly, what we will find is order in our lives. But yet we will even further see that when we do not use God's wisdom in our lives, we will find nothing but chaos. Several years ago, I don't know, remember which one it was. It was either Caleb or Seth. They wanted to microwave their food, and they followed the right steps. They put their food in the bowl. They put the bowl in the microwave. They punched in the number that they wanted to heat it up, and they pressed start. Within a few minutes, next thing you know, it was like 4th of July in my kitchen. Er, e, er, e. The microwave's lighting up, smoke's in the house. I'm running to the kitchen and open the door to the microwave just in time to see a hole right through the top center of the microwave. And there it was, the spoon still in the bowl. Total chaos. I mean, he, he followed the right order. He put it in. He put the food in the bowl. He punched in the number he wanted. And he pressed start. But yet... This one little misstep caused chaos in his life. That is where many believers are today. When they try to use God's wisdom, when you, when you use God's wisdom, you will find order in your life. But you don't get the right to use God's wisdom where you want it and then use your own wisdom where you want it. What you're going to find is a recipe of a microwave melting down. God's order, God's wisdom will produce order in your life. Order is something that Solomon will keep drawing our attention to really through the entire book of Proverbs. Uh, if you can think about forward kind of in Proverbs chapter 6, when Solomon is trying to tell his son about the value of using wisdom, he tells his son, listen, there's wisdom in creation. Son, look to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Creation is teaching us wisdom. There's things in order. The, the ant works, uh, works hard, and then guess what? Provision is provided. But for the ant that doesn't work, there is no food provided. Yet creation produces this example for us. And Solomon would tell his son, continuing on, really, in verses all the way to verse 26, about the environment that's produced by using the wisdom of the Lord. And Solomon is telling his son about the amazing order that is produced by seeking the wisdom of the Lord. Now, when it comes to the, really, verse number 20, if you read too fast by the end of verse number 20, I think you really, you miss the sense of amazement that Solomon is trying to tell his son. Look at this. By his knowledge, 
the depths are broken up. And the clouds drop down the dew. And the clouds drop down the dew. One man who wrote about this as he pondered that thought, and the clouds drop down the dew, said that the only way that you could properly understand what Solomon was trying to convey to his son is to place yourself in the Near East. He said if you were to place yourself in the Middle East, the impact of this statement is all the more amazing. If you was to say to yourself today that you was a farmer in the Middle East and you was hundreds of miles away from any major bottle, body of water and the only thing that you had around you was just a few wells that you could draw water enough to hydrate your family and enough to hydrate your animals. That's wonderful. But how are you going to ever water all your crops? Well, the water is going to come from where? It's going to come from the sky, right? But yeah, but not right away. First, it's going to have to be evaporated from a large body of water, then carried hundreds of miles and then dumped down upon the crop, which is all the more amazing, but great. So if you was a farmer in the Middle East, then your body, the water that would be evaporated into the sky would probably come from the Mediterranean Sea. And as the water would be evaporated into the sky, eventually it would rain. Well, if one inch of rain falls on one square mile of fields, that's great. But what if it all falls at once? It says that one inch of water multiplied out by one square mile of field only equals 1,650,000 or 1,650,500,000 or 1,258 pounds of water. If all of that water was to drop from the heavens at one time, it would destroy the fields. But it doesn't. Just one little drop at a time. But wait a minute. If the water that was going to be dropped upon your fields was going to come from the Mediterranean, well, there's a problem. Because the water that comes from the Mediterranean, the Mediterranean is a, is a, is a body of salt water. If you drop salt water upon your field, it's going to destroy your crop. But don't worry. Through the evaporation process, God allows the salt to be abstracted from the water that's evaporated from the Mediterranean Sea. And then he moves it several hundred miles over your field after abstracting the salt from the water that you need. And instead of pouring it out all at one time, little droplets, little dew, little by little, water the crop. So he says, and the clouds drop down the dew. I say all that to say that Solomon is, Solomon's point to his son, if God's wisdom can 
work amazing wonders like that in nature. What could God's wisdom do in you? What could God's wisdom do in our lives if we would actually wholly seek him? What could God's wisdom do in our lives if we would faithfully follow after him? He's saying, son, look at how complex God's wisdom is. Look how he's thought through all of these things to meet our every needs and how much more he could meet the needs of us. But starting again in verse number 21, after really putting this forth, he says, my son, let not them depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So shall they be life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. He lovingly is addressing his son again, and here he tells them about the personal safety that can be experienced as we grow in wisdom. I watched a documentary that Netflix came out with a couple weeks ago about World War II. During World War II, these landmines had become such a problem that they had to develop a crew, a, a, a team, an infantry of people who they were going to train about how landmines are planted, how to detect landmines, and how to defuse landmines. It was a six-week training course that these people would go through, but when they came out of the training course, they had become wiser about where they stepped. They would become wiser about where they walked. Solomon says, listen, son, I have a way for you to see the dangers of life. I have a way for you to, to see the landmines of Satan, but you have to trust the guide. You have to trust the one who's educating you. You have to trust the one that's teaching you. And really, that's the emphasis of verse number 26. He said, for the Lord shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken. What this verse really says is that Solomon is emphasizing to his son is that if you will not depart from wisdom, if you will not depart from discretion, the Lord will be by your side every step of the way. It is really to even further say uh, that in this word, the Lord shall be thy confidence. One of the definitions of that word confidence is to say that the Lord shall be your companion along the journey. And when the Lord is your companion on the journey, he says, and shall keep thy foot from being taken. He shall keep thy foot from being overtaken by the enemy. We have confidence in the Lord as long as we do not depart from wisdom, as long as we don't depart from discretion. My son, let not them depart from thine eyes. It keeps out in wisdom and uh, discretion. Here he's just urging, uh, the father is urging his son to, to not lose sight. You, you can't lose sight of these things. You cannot let them depart because they are what the few, um, verses 23 through 25 says. These are what keep you from sudden trouble. That's why above all else, he says, get wisdom. You will walk safely during the days of your life and you will sleep 
peacefully at night. This is an appeal from a, from a parent who desperately wants to see his child be safe. Who desperately wants to see his child have peace. Look how he continues here. So shall they be life unto thy soul. What is this? What will be life unto your, his soul? Discretion and wisdom and grace to thy neck. Then shalt thou walk in thy way safely, and thy foot shall not stumble. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. He says, if you will just heed wisdom and discretion, I don't know if you've ever seen this or maybe you've experienced this in your life, but when I was younger, if I did something wrong or if I did something where I was worried about maybe a, a law-abiding official looking for me, I would lay in bed and sleep would evade me. I would be paranoid. Oh, somebody, you know, I'd be ready to jump out the window thinking like, is, is this for me? But when we obey God's wisdom, when we heed discretion, Solomon is telling his son, you can lay in bed and you're not only going to lie down and sleep, but you're going to have the sweetest sleep you ever had. Why? Because your confidence is in God. Your trust is in God. Your hope is in God. Your, your joy is in him. I mean, isn't this the desire for all of our children? He said, thou shalt lie down and thy sleep shall be sweet. Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. I mean, this is what I want for my children. I want them to walk safely. I want that they would not stumble in the wickedness of the world. I, I want them to not have to worry about living a life of being afraid. I want them to experience what it means to get sweet rest from the Lord. I don't want them to worry about the final judgment of the Lord. I don't want them to worry about the desolation of the wicked. That's the desire for all of our children, I'm certain. And as a certainty, it was probably our parents' desire for us. And so it is Solomon's desire for his son. But notice also, this is the desire of our Heavenly Father for us. He wants us to see the beauty of the peace and the preciousness of peace. I don't know if you have a, a home and study Bible or whatever you have as a study Bible, when you get to verse number 13, the header of it is the preciousness of wisdom. I don't know if you can really see the portrait that's being painted here, but you see people who are wealthy, well-to-do, and they don't have no peace. We've seen that with Robin Williams. We've seen it with all these other actors who've killed themselves, committed suicide in their mansions, on top of their fortunes, with all of their cars to be listed, with all the friends. It seemed that everywhere you turned, somebody wanted to have your signature and somebody wanted to have their picture with you, but they had no sweet peace. Solomon says here, we will follow after the Lord. We will have sweet peace. Take confidence. Heed his words. I am certain that there are Many of us in this room 
that could testify of times in our lives when we did not heed our father's discretion. When we did not heed our father's wisdom, we left discretion, we left wisdom, and chaos erupted in our lives. I'm sure there's some of us could testify, but as one brother said, just in case you can't testify, I brought some testifiers with me. If you was to take time and read in 1 Kings chapter 11, there are 13 verses 11 through 25, you will read the story of a prophet who the Lord told not to return. And he did not heed the father's words. Another man came along and offered up wisdom. He said, oh, I'm a prophet too. Return to my home. Break bread. Let's eat. And he did, and he made it, and he broke bread, and he ate. And Scripture says in verse number 25 of the 13th chapter of Kings that when they left the house, a lion came out and devoured him and slew him. This is the terrifying news of when you do not heed God's wisdom. If you was to take time and read 1 Samuel chapter 15, God told Saul to go down and slay all the Amalekites and all of their livestock and even their king. And after a great victory was wrought, here comes Saul walking back to Bethlehem, Judah. And what is this? The loathing of the oxen and the bleeding of the sheep. And lo and behold, following after them was King Agag. There that day, the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. It costed Saul his blessing. Wisdom cries out in that story that you got to learn in life that wisdom says you better learn to kill things before they kill you. You better learn to slay the things in your life that should not be there before they turn around and take the one thing that you said you cherished. Even if you was to take time and turn to 2 Samuel chapter 11 and was read of the story of David and Bathsheba, you would see the tragic unfolding of a man who heeded the wisdom of all those around him. David began to believe in his own life, I'm the king. I can take whatever I want. I can do whatever I want. Who can stop me? But we don't read where scripture says it, but we read where his actions show it. And before long, these decisions of leaving wisdom, these decisions of leaving discretion would end up costing David a son. It would tear his kingdom apart. And all of, many of his children would experience the tragic results of David not heeding godly wisdom, discretion. So what we have before us here is Solomon, who could tell you all about the troubles in his family. Sometimes the best writers about a dysfunctional family is about a man who has a dysfunctional family. Solomon could tell you all about what it looks like to see a man who wholeheartedly follow after the Lord stumble. Yet what we have before us here this evening is that though we stumble, though we fail, and though we make mistakes, Wisdom and discretion says, don't stay there. Wisdom and discretion says, 
Don't stay over in your bad decisions. Don't stay over there living in your life of sin. Don't stay over there living in your foolishness. Wisdom says it's time to turn. Wisdom says, as verse 26, for the Lord shall be thy confidence. The Lord's going to be your companion. The Lord's going to walk with you. The Lord's going to be with you. And where in times past you've slipped and fell when you've turned away from him, if you will just walk with him, he, you can have confidence in him. You know that he is your companion. And you also will see that he, will, he shall keep thy foot from being taken. If you will not depart from the Lord, you will have confidence and strength to not be overtaken by the enemy. You're not going to have to worry about the woes of sudden trouble. You're not going to have to worry about the woes of sudden tragedy. We will lay down in sweet rest. We will lay down in sweet comfort. We don't have to worry about our foot slipping. But even more, understand what Solomon has put forth. Not only in verse 19 does he give us the example of where wisdom was used. He said it was exemplified. It was by his knowledge. It was, it was God's own inherent wisdom that he used. And through Christ, we have access to this same wisdom. And even more, when we gain access to this, we will see how precious it is because no matter what happens in this world, you notice there's no, there's no attachments to that when it says about sudden fear. You're not going to have sudden fear. Well, wait a minute. I mean, that doesn't count, right, if um, we see on the news tonight when we get home that wars broke out in California. That doesn't count, right, if it, if it says that there's a bombing, you know, three streets over. I mean, that doesn't count. No. It is an all-encompassing statement. When our confidence is in the Lord, there is no sudden fear about the things that happen in this world. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you as we continue in this book of Proverbs studying wisdom. Lord, I pray that you'll help us to take this word and apply it to our lives. Lord, I pray that you'll Help us, to, help us to get a desire, Lord. If there be someone without a desire, Lord, help us to fight for the time to study your word. Lord, I pray that we protect it. Lord, that we set everything aside just to be able to enjoy the moments in your word. We give thanks to you for all that you've done in Jesus' name. Amen.